your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Journey's End, The Truth About Life After Death by Colm Keane has been published and Colm passed away recently and over the years you'll remember that he and his wife Una O'Hagan visited us here in the studios as um, books were published um, uh, by them uh, and uh, Colm continued to research things like near-death experiences, many other things um, as well. And we always got a great reaction uh, when they were with us. Uh, And uh, Una uh, joins me on the line right now. Um, Hello, Una. Um, Good morning, Joe. How are you doing? I'm doing okay, actually. I'm taking it one day at a time. We were together for 36 years, so it's... um it's tough to get used to. It's It kind of feels like your right hand is missing or something. I mean, I'm sitting here at the desk that he sat at for so long and it's just, it's hard to get my head around it. But I have been busy, so that has helped. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, when we heard he'd passed, you know, he, he was somebody who had a really remarkable presence, Colm. Every time he came in here, I certainly got that feeling, I think, others in the building did uh, as well and uh, like a lot of people with that presence it's kind of hard to exactly put your finger on it. Yeah absolutely and uh, it's interesting you say that because there was a friend of his Edmund Hall Cullum and he started soldiering in RTE way back in the 70s and Ed eventually became head of news but he described him as a force of nature and actually that's what Cullum was. He was um he just loved ideas. He loved doing things. He was never one to sit around. If he had a bright idea, he'd want to go out and do it. He was interested in people, um, and he liked being able to tell people stories. So, yeah, he, he was a, a live wire, to say the least. Yeah. And did you guys meet in RTE, Una? We did, in the RTE canteen. <laughs> <laughs> Where romances romantic. begin, huh? <laughs> There have been more than a few have happened yeah. in the RTE canteen, I'll tell you. Yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> but it, I think it just shows, you know, how restricted our lives were. But yeah, Colm had been seconded over to the newsroom and it was after a morning Ireland and over a greasy rashers and sausages, <laughs> we, our eyes met. And I, he says I rang him, but that's not true. I, I rang him. <laughs> or he rang me. He rang me. I have to have that on the record. <laughs> yeah. and, and he was deeply invested in, you know, documentaries for radio. I remember yep. listening to them over the years. Um, and, and that depth that they allow, he probably transferred to books, but he was really, really into the wider subject, wasn't he? You know, which is why he produced so many uh, books. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you look back at his work, he had an extraordinary range from psychology to economics to sport, uh, all different kinds of sport. Um, saints like Padre Pio and the Little Flower, uh, Saint Therese. But then, of course, his real, um, what really intrigued him and grabbed him and never let him go was the, the question of what happens when we die. And all his books on the near-death experience, deathbed visions, and now this last one, which takes it all on a, a step further. 
Yeah. We were talking in the last hour to uh, Brendan Ring, the founder of Cleanus Foundation. There's a documentary on it uh, tonight who do amazing work um, and, uh, you know, about the loss of a child. Uh, mm-hmm. And I know you and Colm went through that terrible experience. Uh, did his interest come from there or, or was it before? Or, or, or No, it, it predated did that, it? actually. Yeah. 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 I mean, uh, I think it was significant that Colm lost his father when he was 11. Um, so he was kind of aware of what can happen. But as you said, Colm was always interested in the big picture, the big questions, you know, what are we doing here? What happens when we die? What is a good life? And he was very interested in that long before Sean died. And then when Sean died in 2007, Colm said to himself, no, I really have to investigate this. And being the typical journalist, he, uh, he went out, he interviewed people who had had the closest experience that you can get uh, to what happens when you die, which are those people who have had the near-death experience. And, of course, he read widely around the whole subject. But, um, no, it, it predated that, uh, Sean's death. Right. We're talking to Uno Hagen uh, about Colm Keane, who uh, has passed away recently, uh, and this book has been published uh, posthumously, Journey's End, The Truth About Life After Death. Um, it, it, Tell me a little about, as, as much as you can say this about anyone uh, else, um, Cullum's faith or belief or, you know, did it ebb, did it strengthen with the books he wrote? Yeah, you see, I, I, I never know how to answer mm. that about faith. I mean, Cullum, neither Cullum nor myself are, are or were religious in an institutional sense at all. But we're both very interested in those those bigger questions. And for Colm, it wasn't simply a question of faith. Colm would never be able to accept anything just based on faith alone. You know, somebody telling him, well, that's what it is, and you believe it. Uh, he couldn't, he, he would never go for that himself. So he went out to research and to find out and to read and think about the subject as much as he could. So I think faith is the wrong word. I think he explored those issues deeply and widely and came up with the ultimate answer, which is that death is not the end, but the start of something entirely new uh, and that our consciousness survives in heaven or hell of our own making and that we all make that same fundamental journey. And how was that in the lead up to Cullum's own passing? You know, obviously, I presume you talked to him about it and all of that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he had he had had cancer ten years ago, so he was and was given a twenty percent chance uh, of survival. So he was all. I think once you have cancer, there's always and there's a heightened awareness that life does not go on forever. Now, Cullum. He didn't want to die. He had lots of ideas. He was full of energy and enthusiasm, um, wanted to travel and all that. But once he knew that um, things weren't, he, he was not going to get better. The cancer had come back. It had spread to his lungs to his, uh, and his bones. Um, he was reconciled to it. And what he was most concerned about was that he would be ready for it. And that uh, when actually when he met the uh, palliative care consultant on the Monday, he died on a Friday, he said to her, I'm dying and I want to die a peaceful death in tranquil surroundings. 
And he was very clear on that. And a couple of days later, he was in the hospice in Waterford, in the hospital in Waterford. And he did. He had a very gentle, peaceful passing, which right. was what he wanted. Yeah, and I suppose it's what we all hope for in a way, isn't it? Yeah, and you see, the thing is, it doesn't just happen because... Um, like Colin's view would be that you need to like for example uh, in the near death experience that people go through you know people come um, undergo a a life review and this is where your life passes in front of your eyes and there is a judgment now we've all heard about a judgment St. Peter at the pearly gates and you know are you in or are you out and it's not like that at all it's a it's a judgment that you undertake yourself. Sometimes it's in the presence of a superior being. This is from people he has spoken to and from what he's read. But you really and uh, but but you you make the judgment yourself. And I thought this is great. I'm going to give myself a pass. I'm straight up there. But from talking to people and thinking about it deeply, he realised that you're actually judging yourself in terms of how your actions affect other people which is an entirely different thing. And he would argue that you have to, you're much better off doing that review before you die rather than in a way taking the chance of, you know, it not going so well afterwards, to put it crudely. He puts it much better than I do. Yeah. And did he believe from talking to him that the afterlife was going to be heaven or... Is that what you think it is? Is that yeah, where you no. think he is or, or, or what? You see, it's language, it's very difficult. Um, yeah. Language isn't great to describe all this, but what he said was, I am going to the light. And he said, heaven, the, the single most important feature about heaven is the light. And the light is not just simply a big, bright light. It's where you find ultimate love, joy and peace. And you understand everything. There's an amazing um, comprehension of everything. And this is borne out by people who have have been there, who have come back, but have been there. And he said, like, heaven is not, it's less to do with um, a physical place and more to do with a a post-death state of ultimate happiness, where our consciousness creates its own reality and where all our hopes and wishes are realised. And I think that sounds wonderful. I think that sounds like a great description of heaven. If that's heaven, that's where I want to be. Well, well, I mean, what do you think? We're talking about what Colm thought, based Mm -hmm. on conversation, but what do you think? I think from reading all his books, from discussing it with him over throughout the years, and in particular in reading this book, I, I, I think he has begun amazingly close to an understanding of what happens when we die. And this isn't simply based on the near-death experience. He read widely about other religions. For example, light is fundamental, not just to Christianity, but to Islam, Buddhism, Hinduism. If you go back over 3,000 years ago in Ireland, in Newgrange, we understood about the light. 
Um, you know, he he read um, uh, the, the the kind of scientific background to all this to the people who are um, struggling with quantum mechanics and trying to explain reality and what happens to us in kind of scientific terms. So yeah, I find it. There is something about the whole thing where it all slots into place between religion and science and the the evidence of uh, the, of witnesses of people who've gone through it that convinces me entirely that he is on the right track. Right. Una, do you believe and did he believe, Colm, that he would be with your son in the yes. afterlife? Yes, he did. And I don't, that's not just, you can imagine, people are very quick to say, oh, that's just because it's kind of a wish fulfillment. But like the people that he spoke to, numerous, he spoke spoke to hundreds of people. And one of the key things is that you do meet the people, meet your, your friends, your relatives, people that you love and who love you, uh, when you pass away numerous stories of of people um and and you don't meet somebody that you you never liked if you know what i mean or if you had say a bad marriage breakup for example this is always a question that's asked do you meet the the ex-spouse from you know that, that you really didn't like no you don't because it's your consciousness creates your own reality you're back to that uh, reality where your hopes and wishes are realised. And those people, they're, they're happy to meet you, you're happy to meet them, they look well, even if they've been extremely ill before they died. Uh, for example, say, prolonged um, battle with cancer, there's n- numerous stories of people looking at parents who've passed and then realising, wow, they, they look so good and healthy and happy. Mm. So, um, yeah. so it's a very positive um, book. And, and is it eternal after death? Oh, well, it's a completely different reality in a completely different plane. So, yes, I think so. Right. So the book is Journey's End, The Truth About Life After Death by Colm Keane. Do you think that, do you think that he would enjoy the fact that there is a book that lives after his death, if you see what I mean? <laughs> yes, he would. Well, actually, this was really, really important to him. He, I think he thought it, he, he felt it was his ultimate kind of wrapping up of, of everything that he had learned. And it's typical, Colm, he wanted other people to know that. You know, he was, he's, not, he's not preachy in the book or anything like that. He just wanted other people to know what he had found out. He had hoped, um, I mean, it, the, the book took 13 years of research, took him a year and a half to write just in the few couple of months before he died, he did a few last minute revisions, not much. And he had hoped he was actually on the Friday before he died, he was planning, getting everything in train to be able to publish it. So he was deeply disappointed that he couldn't do it. But it was one of the last things he said to me, you know, please bring this book out. And I'm fulfilling his wish. I I couldn't do otherwise. Right. Um, and 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 finally, then I mean, from from your own perspective, you're you're still very much of this life and of this world, just day by day. Is that is that how you're taking it? Yeah, at the moment? yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it's thirty six years. It's a long time, and it's kind of it's the little things that that kind of get you. You know, where you kind of go, oh, I must tell Colm that. Even still, you know, nearly three months later, I, I still do that, and 
couple of weeks ago I was driving towards Cork and there was a sign for Skibbereen. Just out of the blue I thought, oh, we'll never go to West Cork again. Because his mum uh, was from Shirkin and we used to go over, we'd have our routine, you know, and I thought those lovely walks on Shirkin, we'll never have them again. And it was just, just devastating for that moment. But then... I think Colin was quite clever. He's kept me occupied with the with the book, you know. But um, mm-hmm. and just take it, as the song says, yeah. one day at a time. One day at a time. One day at a time. All right. Well, look, we are sorry that he won't come in the doors here again. Um, I know. We, we I know. always enjoyed having him, and yeah. it, was, it was fascinating on the air. It was fascinating off the air, and, and I'm, I mean what I said at the beginning. There was a presence about Colum Keane that you can't define, and you know we, we're lucky doing the job that we do that you get. To see and meet people like that, but mm-hmm. but they're they're not ten a penny by any means. No, no. But he loved talking to you. He loved meeting Anne Marie and the whole gang. So yeah. uh, I know he he he'd miss this. Of <laughs> course, of course he would. Absolutely. Well, listen. Uh, it sounds like thankfully. Uh, his passing was peaceful and yeah. uh, let us hope that his very hopeful sense of what happens to us after we die uh, is is the way that it is. But it's explored in the book anyway. Journey's End, The Truth About Life After Death by Colm Keane and uh, his wife Una O'Hagan. And Una, thank you very much for joining us this morning. We appreciate it. Thank you. Lovely to talk to you as ever. Take care of yourself. Your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95.